0: How did you feel after last week's victory, man? That's because it was earned, man. Nothing in this league is free. Nothing's a gift. You can't just roll your helmet out there and play. You gotta go out there every play and earn it. And you gotta take it, man. You gotta take it. I've been a rookie quarterback before. You can suffocate him. You can suffocate him. him. Make him miserable. All game long, get us the ball back. Like Dan Gable said. Like Dan Gable said.
1: Hey everyone, welcome in. It's another edition of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, coming to you from the TCO Studios in Egan with a jam packed show to get to today. The 2019 NFL Scouting Combine is over. Free agency is right on the horizon. Lots of stuff to get to. So, Today, um, we'll go to some of the best of sound from Vikings GM Rick Spielman and head coach Mike Zimmer. We'll hear from NFL media analyst Bucky Brooks as he takes a deep dive into some of the Vikings draft needs. And of course, we'll get to some fan mail. But let's kick things off here on the Wobcast first. By introing producer and co host Chris Corso, who is here as always. What up? What's up? What's going oh, on? on? Hey, it's all good, man. Um, Jam packed show, super excited. And I want to start things off. By talking to Ben Lieber, so let's bring him in and get his download. He was Wabi
2: uh, Wabi replacement. He, he
1: was, yes, he was, and he did a great job. He did. I mean, he really we did. we have the same haircut, and I mean, so it was a perfect fit. And I want to get his download uh, from what happened. I he want. You guys him... have
2: the shiny haircut. Yeah, we do. That's right.
1: It's <laughs> shiny. Yeah, we go to the same barber. Um, and and I just it was his first trip there, so I I just want to get just everything from him. I just want him to plug in and download everything. So let's get to our conversation with former Vikings linebacker and current Vikings radio network analyst Ben Lieber. All right Ben, last time you were at the combine, you were working out.
3: Yeah, I was.
1: Like you were trying to get drafted. Yeah. Now you went to the combine and you were watching all that happen.
3: So what did you think? It's a slight difference? Yeah. You know, a big a big difference? You know, I actually was going down the elevator in the Indianapolis Airport as I landed and I'm like, "Wow, I don't I don't feel nervous at all. Mm-hmm. I have no anxiety. I don't, have, you know, my stomach's not churning. It was quite a different experience. Um, yeah, it was really, really cool. And, and, you know, we didn't have any sort of media when I was there, at least I, that I can remember. Um, definitely was not on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so you did all that stuff in sort of a sterile vacuum environment, which was also kind of bizarre because you're like, they're asking you to, to perform at the highest level that you ever performed at before but yet do it in, in sort of a very quiet setting yeah. where it mm-hmm. felt like a library a little bit in a big stadium. Um, so that was kind of b- bizarre. But now it's a, it's a big thing, big media event, and it was really cool to see um, all the coaches and the GMs and the front office people all sort of melting together in one place.
1: You know, you, you do college games for Fox, mm-hmm. so you see these players on the field and in preparing to call the games, you're watching their film, yep. maybe going to practices or what, whatever you're doing to prepare. Now you're seeing them in this environment. Do you see how some could overvalue what they see at the combine environment yeah. or you you can see how that happens? Yeah. yeah, a lot because,
3: you know, sort of like this DJ Metcalf, uh, this this wide receiver, you know, you look at his production on the field and, and it wasn't outstanding. It mm-hmm. wasn't great. Um he is not a guy that creates a ton of separation. Uses his body to shield off defenders, and mm-hmm. he goes up and makes plays. Um, you know, now they have him. You know, as a top ten pick, and yeah. it, it's just crazy because you know he he has an, a a viral video that goes out, a picture that goes out of his you know 1.5 or 1.2 percent body fat. Body uh, tests really well at the combine, but if you look at his production on the field, it's like mm, lack of separation, lack of suddenness, uh, no true route running skills, and it's like oh my gosh, Like somebody's going to overdraft on this guy because of a picture and what he did in, in, in his shorts at the Combine. And yeah. that's going to happen. Um, so that, that happens across the board. And, and yes, it, the funny thing is, all, all the people there, uh, the GMs, the coaches, if, when, we, when you pose that question, they all say the same thing, right? Is, nope, we, we make our evaluations on tape, and, and you know, this just sort of confirms what we already know. hmm But then every year, every year, you see teams overdrafting players and getting enamored with them because of either an interview that went really well or they tested out outstanding at the
1: Combine. Yeah, Last one, and um, folks can hear more about what Ben thought of the Combine by um, by going back and watching our Combine special that we did here at the Vikings Entertainment Network, which was fun to film. We just did that today. But people would be like, Dude, you had LeBron, and you didn't ask him to predict what the Vikings did at 18. Yeah, that's right. I'm not going to ask you to do that. But I do want you to paint a picture of what a successful 2019 draft would be for the Vikings. And I'm going to leave the question abstract like that, and I want you to sort of fill in the details. What does this draft look like for the Vikings if it's a good draft?
3: Wow. Um I think that you find a, a high, high quality offensive lineman. Um, you find a, a three technique that is a s of starting caliber, and and then I I think that you find either a third wide receiver or a pass catching tight end that you can split out. Mm-hmm. Um so it's gonna be something like Offense, defense, offense, or offense, offense, defense. Um, but I think it's going to be a heavy concentration on both lines. Um, yes, I know that there are holes to find. You can always uh, figure out, uh, find more cornerbacks. Uh, you can always find this team desperately needs depth at linebacker, uh, dis- especially if it seems like Anthony Barr is going to be gone. You're going to need a starter at linebacker. Um so you need to fill some other holes, but I think the most glaring holes are, are the two fronts and then a, uh, a replacement for Kyle Rudolph, either now or in the future.
1: I mean, if we really have that much trouble with depth at linebacker, we just call you and Green back. I mean, if Jason Witten is, is going to yeah. do it, right, I,
3: I would be up. <laughs> now, now this, is, this is kind of ha- half-hearted and, and I'm half-joking, but if you can put me on a 20-snap you know, mm-hmm. pitch count okay. for the games— I'm down with that. Okay, I think I could do that, especially now that you know this soft new age NFL. These guys Mm -hmm. don't practice and all that stuff. If if I had one padded practice a week, right? Yeah. And you're gonna give me? Well, I'm not. I I probably would never, never get the five million that Jason Witten's got. But Mm -hmm. you know, you you slide me a million, a million bucks. You know, a little slightly above uh, a veteran minimum. I might come out and play again. I
1: know Brzezinski and Spielman are avid listeners of the Wobcast, so message has been sent. We'll see what they do with it. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate <laughs> Thank your you, time. Yep. See you, see you. Okay, so we go from another. Uh, we go from Ben Lieber to another man with a shiny head. Another shiny haircut. That's yeah. Bucky Brooks That's of right. the NFL
2: Network. I thought that this was one of the best sound bites that we got throughout um, the time there in Indianapolis. I thought it was really good that Bucky just took the time to grab a Vikings microphone and mm-hmm. speak about the guys that he thinks that would fit perfectly on this roster
0: all right vikings fans i know you're trying to figure out where the vikings should go when it comes to the draft and there are three areas that you have to focus on offensive line tight end, and i'm gonna go defensive tackle offensive line you're probably thinking about an offensive tackle someone that can protect the quarterback and make sure that Kirk cousins is upright handful of names Jonah Williams from Alabama is certainly in play talented player great balance and body control does a great job of sniffing out rushes on the edge he certainly can be there Jawan Taylor from Florida is another one that could be in play. Terrific standout player. Does a great job of road grading. And I know you want to run the ball, so he might be the better pick. And then keep an eye on Cody Ford from Oklahoma. This is a guy that is versatile. He can play outside but also kick in inside. The Oklahoma standout is terrific. At tight end, there's some uncertainty about Kyle Rudolph. You want to bring somebody in, this is the perfect opportunity to do so. This class is loaded. Where you picking, you think it may be Noah Fant for Iowa could be there. TJ Hawkinson could also be there from Iowa. And then one other guy, Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama. Any of those guys can feel the need. Then when you go on defense, defensive tackle could be a concern. Sheldon Richardson is up. Finding someone to replace it could be tough. Keep an eye on Dexter Lawrence from Clemson. Big body playmaker. Kind of similar to Lembio Joseph's but he can kick out to the three technique and play. Another guy, If they drop back, maybe Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State has an ACL injury, but by far he was one of the best defensive tackles in the class. He could be a guy that is certainly in play in the first round. He
2: started out with offensive line Jonah Williams of Alabama. We've heard the name. He could play guard. He could play tackle. Um, Jawan Taylor, that's a new name that I haven't heard uh, very often out of Florida. What do you yep. see from him?
1: Well, he's, um, you know, he's, he's a big, strong guy, I think. You know, when, it, when um, you know, Actually, so Bucky Brooks talks about these guys, yep. but we had Pete Bursich break down three offensive linemen via film on our touchscreen. And right. these are the three that he's done so far. He's going to do more. You're going to you're going to see more of it from Bursich. but he did these three. So I, I I watched some some of these um, games from all three of these players, and I think Jawan Taylor is going to be a good player. He's big, physical. I think he's a road grading, run blocking guy who's going to play on the right side. That I mean, I don't know anything, but that that's sort of what I saw when I watched him. Um, so I think he's certainly someone who can who can help make a, an offensive line a lot better and everyone says he's going to go in the first round. I don't know where he where he's going to go but um, that's what all the mock drafters are saying. So I think he's going to be a guy you hear on Thursday night of the draft.
2: Yeah, the third guy was Cody Ford out of Oklahoma. He's a guy who a lot of the experts say could play on the inside as well as the outside, same sort of okay. thing. So, And obviously we know the success that Kyler Murray and that offense had this past yeah. year. A um, couple of tight ends from Iowa is what um, Bucky Brooks says. We'll hear more about that. And Irv Smith from Alabama is a guy he mentions as a tight end to keep an eye on for the Vikings.
1: Yeah, Irv Smith's dad was a first-round pick of the New Orleans Saints in good the '90s. Jeans. Yep. So he's uh, he's he's comes from a football family, and then Fanton Hawkinson uh, out of Iowa. They were um like I'm not I think a lot of people would would tongue in cheek rip Iowa for being boring like boring football to watch, but like these two guys were really good and they were fun to watch, and the Iowa had a good, pretty good quarterback this year too, and uh, and so they um, Noah Fant and T.J. Hawkinson. Um, both uh, very good players and and should be able to make a difference at the NFL level, uh, I would assume. Bucky also talked about a couple of defensive linemen too, Uh, right?
2: That's right. One from Clemson, Dexter Lawrence. We saw a lot of him uh, through the season. Obviously, that was one of the best defensive lines in the entire nation. And Jeffrey Simmons is a name he said to keep an eye on. I think he had an injury there at Mississippi State, but he's one of those guys who has about as raw talent as anyone, according to Bucky.
1: Yeah. um, A couple of other uh, defensive names... Um, you know, maybe to watch, Ed Oliver was someone I was looking up to get ready for our post combine show that we're going to film later in the week. I mean, Ed Oliver, who played at Houston, wow! I'm just reading his stat line and his his honors and awards. That guy was a beast for the University of Houston. So yeah, um, this is a fun time of year, Chris, because you know we're paying attention to the Vikings in the NFL all year. We're trying to watch college football when we can. Uh, but you really start to get to know these players individually you this become, time of year. You become a draft expert. Yeah, yeah, we're all becoming draft experts right <laughs> we're, now. We're straight yeah. experts. So we got we got we got the the uh, the info on all these guys. But um, and and the combine sort of serves as that jumping off point for for a lot of people when it comes to the NFL draft and getting to know these college players. And uh, and so um, that that was fun last week watching the Combine and our thanks to Ben Lieber for joining us to break it all down and uh, and to Bucky Brooks who took some time as you said Chris to grab a Vikings microphone and deep dive into the Vikings draft needs and and some players to watch Uh, also at the Combine you heard from Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer so what you got for sound
2: yeah they of course this is the yearly thing you hear from the Vikings general manager followed by the Vikings head coach Big news for the Vikings. This is old news by now, but Rick did announce um, in a scrum, not in his press conference, that the Vikings would um, extend the option on head coach Mike Zimmer for the 2019 and 2020 season. Um, so that's great news for all you fans who love this Vikings defense because the commander-in-chief is is yeah. here for two more years. So um, that, that was really good news and, and
1: and we'll, we're I mean that's probably the number one thing that that you get from Rick right yeah i think so you know rick um you know rick does a good job at the combine you know he gets up there at the podium and he sort of speaks first um, and says a few things, lets the folks know what's sort of on his mind and what the team has been up to, and then he then he takes questions. Yep. You know, and a lot of times that's not what you see from coaches or GMs. They just get up there on the podium and just wait. Ask Yeah, yeah wait for questions to come, and I think Rick does a good job. But you're right; that was probably the most no- notable thing that came from Rick at the combine.
2: The the next big uh, quote that we we're going to play for you here is Rick addressed the offensive staff. Um, and the additions that the Vikings have made this offseason. Obviously, Kevin Stefanski was named the offensive coordinator um, officially, and the additions of Gary Kubiak and his staff that he had over in Denver, um, Rick Dennison, as well as the other coaches that we've addressed in um, previous shows. So let's hear what Rick had to say about the additions to the offensive staff.
4: The one thing um, is not only has he been a head coach in one Super Bowls. Um, but the scheme he he comes from. And coming from, you know, Kubiak, Shanahan, that type of scheme, um, and when he decided to get back into coaching, uh, we were very aggressive to jump on that opportunity. I think he had maybe other options out there, and I don't want to speak for him, but I think the way he feels, you know, with the quarterback we have in place and the quarterback playing in the scheme that we're probably going to evolve to, to highlight what Kirk does best um, was one of the attractions. But he also, I know in his career right now, and he's mentioned this, uh, was to mentor a young coach like a Kevin Stefanski, who I think is going to be an all-star in this league, and to take that experience. Uh, and what's unique about Kevin is that he has no ego. And when we brought up the fact that uh, a, a guy of – Gary Kubiak's stature can come into our building, he was the one that was the biggest flag waver for uh, Gary Kubiak. He wants that. And that's what makes, I think, our building a little unique. No one really has an ego. Everybody, Whatever resources we can use, whatever areas of expertise we have all these people in, Let's all do it together because ultimately we want to win.
1: Yeah, Chris, and then the next one that you have ready to go, also from Rick, I thought he made an interesting point on scouts and coaches having to to put their heads together, understand what they're looking for, and finding players who fit specific schemes, whether it's defensive line or secondary. And in this case, he used offensive line scheme. You have to understand your scheme, work with the coaches to go and find the right players. Take a listen.
4: I know Kevin Stefanski uh, is in charge of that room, but to have that experience, I think it goes hand in hand uh, when you're putting a scheme together. Look at the current personnel that you do have. Do those players fit in the scheme you're going to run? Uh, and as we start making additions uh, to this roster, uh, what physical traits or what are you going to require that player to do to be effective in this scheme? And I think. What gets lost in the shuffle a little bit is a player, let's take offensive line, for example. Uh, A player may be very functional in a gap scheme where he's going straight ahead and moving people forward. Uh, But if we, and I'm not going to talk, I mean, Coach Zimmer, you can ask him about the scheme. But if if we're evolving to an outside zone scheme or different, well, that's going to be a different type of skill set or physical trait we're going to be looking at in the offensive line. Um, But I think it goes hand in hand, us understanding the scheme, what's required of the players. But also, I think the coaches do a great job. If we're not able to fill everything with the current players that we do have on the roster, um, how can we adjust the scheme to hopefully put them in the best uh, situation to have success?
2: So it was funny, Wobby, hearing that on the offensive scheme. I went back and listened to a Wobcast interview from 2016 with Tony Sperano. Wow. Do you remember when we had him in the old studio at Winter Park?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, I don't remember. I, can't, I, don't, I don't know what you're going to bring up, he, but I do remember the conversation. Yeah. He
2: was talking about how he'd come into the building and he established this zone-blocking scheme, and we kind of had him relay and and give us the what that means, because like the average fan doesn't realize the blocking schemes of the offensive line, and why he Nick Easton was so good. I think he called them the Smurfs. is yeah, what he, he called did. Them. That's right. Yeah. And and I and I I went back and listened to it. I don't know why it came up in my like I, it, it, all the files I have from all the things we post to vikings.com, but it came up, and. He was the man who started that here, that yeah. offensive scheme. And, and Rick and, and these guys are, are, are looking to continue that going forward, and that's how they're going to draft. So that, that, that
1: was my point on that. Yeah. Um, the next one you have here, um, I think a lot of fans, especially those who didn't hear it when it happened last week, I think they're going to like this one. Cause I Yes. You think so too? Yeah, yes. Because I've gotten fans who have written in about this. Yep. So take a listen to this, folks.
2: I also have really been thinking hard about um trying trying to get someone you know these the golfers have a swing coach you know the everybody's got coaches now to do these things and so i've been thinking really really hard about maybe trying to find a a a true kickers coach you know where that's all he really does so that's an interesting thing a kicker
1: coach yeah i don't want that job
2: that's not in Minnesota. <laughs> I don't want that job.
1: Yeah, that, that's, um, I think it's a great idea, and um, we'll see what happens with it. And I don't know if other teams do it. I'm sure other teams have, but, um, but we'll see if that, uh, if that can be a difference maker for the Vikings. I think, it's, uh, I think it's a good idea by Zim and Rick and everyone.
2: The next big topic for Coach Mike Zimmer was addressing Anthony Barr, who he has continuously called his guy. Yeah, it's his first ever draft pick it's as his a head guy. coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zimmer was asked. Obviously, Anthony Barr can be a free agent this year if the Vikings don't decide to franchise tag the, tag Anthony Barr or resign him. Or mm-hmm. resign him. He will become a free agent. So Zimmer um, addressed the situation along with uh, Sheldon Richardson, who the Vikings brought in for one, as a one year uh, signing last off season. He also can be a free agent if the Vikings don't resign him. Um, so Zim addressed the two defensive players on his roster. You know, I think it's with him, it's the same with Anthony Barr. We would love to have them them both back. Um, The question is, is where is the market going to go, and can we afford them? Uh, If we can afford them, we're going to bring them back. And uh, if we can't afford them, then we're going to have to move on, unfortunately. All right, well, at the Combine, we hear from not only the Vikings, but we hear from all of the other teams, all 32 of them, in fact. But we're going to focus on the NFC North division. There are a lot of changes in this division and some new faces as well. We'll start with the Bears, who Matt Nagy, he was a new face for the Bears this past season, had a great first season with the team. Obviously, they won that division. He made a big change for the Chicago Bears right before this um, press interview and that was getting rid of Cody Parkey who missed the big field goal and the big game against the Philadelphia Eagles that allowed the Eagles to move on and sent the Bears home after such a great year um, he missed 11 of his combined field goals and extra points in the regular season and the playoffs so Nagy spoke about that and he's just said I'm addressing this like any other position. It's production and and that's what we're looking for is a someone who can get the job done, which obviously Cody did not. The other change for the Bears was defensive coordinator. Vic Fangio, um, who was the defensive coordinator last year, has taken a job um, as a head coach in this league. For the Broncos. For the Broncos, that's right. And Chuck Pagano takes over, the former head coach of the Colts. So um, he really liked that hire. He really uh, was, spoke very highly of Pagano and his intensity with
1: the defense, so um, those are the two things for the Chicago Bears. Don't you think the Bears are going to be the team most commonly picked to win the division next I, year? I think so. Yeah, I think so too, as it stands right now.
2: Throughout the entire season, we didn't think that they were going to keep it going. And they and just, just did. And they just did right. every week. It's like, are the Bears going to, are they real, are they real? That defense is real. Yeah, I, that defense I mean, is real. Yeah, it's for great. Sure. Um, Looking at the Lions, they didn't have as many changes. Um, Matt Patricia comes back for his second year. He kind of spoke about how he has to improve and stuff like that. Um, but they did hire a former face for the Vikings, who will now be running one side of the ball there in Detroit.
1: Daryl Bevel, I like Daryl. Uh, Daryl was here for um, for a long time. Uh, he joined Brad Childress's staff in 2006. Was the offensive coordinator. Um, until uh, the end of the 2010 season, I believe. Um, and, uh, and I, I like Daryl a lot. I think, he's, uh, I think he's a bright offensive mind and a good addition for the Detroit Lions. Packers, biggest change on the coaching staff
2: out of these three teams, they have a new head coach. Um, former offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans, Matt LaFleur. He's 39, not that much older than the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Or me. Or yeah. Which,
1: which <laughs> makes me feel awful. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's the new trend. You you hire a young head coach, and the and the old school Green Bay Packers have done that as well. Which so is pretty crazy. where do you
1: stand on this? Because I Le, here's what you've got this written down. Lafleur said earlier in the week that he wants to establish a strong ground game in Green Bay. You know, and I'm kind of like, yeah. Whenever a team can run the ball, you know that that makes it tough to to defend them. You know, because they're off balance and they're always ahead of the chains, but. I mean, if they want to take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, that's fine with me. Give the ball to the running backs. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I stand on that. That's yeah. very hard to uh, to reconcile in my mind. I, I mean, that's a thing that's kind of
2: gone. I mean, the Packers are. It's, it's always Aaron Rodgers and throwing the ball down the field, and it, it kind of seems like they've had some good backs over the years, like Aaron Jones and uh, just. But. I feel like it hasn't been a emphasis for them. Not that we want to speak about other teams, but yeah. um, he came in to this press conference and he said, "This is our emphasis. We want to get this running game going," which was it, that's an interesting thing for for the head coach to say.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think Lafleur has got some um, you know some good experience to fall back on, not just with with innovative offense and quarterbacks, which he does, but last year in Tennessee. You no, know, he had a really good running game, yeah. you know, with Derrick Henry and with that offensive line. So he knows what it looks like. He knows how it can be built. Yep. So um, you know, and and putting all the joking aside, you know, you don't want a team to be able to run the ball well on you. Absolutely. You don't. I mean, and so we're joking around about taking the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, every coach says it every week, we want to go in there and run the ball. And then the other coach says we wanna we wanna be able to stop the run. So um, all joking aside. Uh, hopefully, Green Bay's not able to establish a running game. <laughs> I, I agree with yeah. that.
2: Let's get to some fan mail. The first one is from Sioux Falls Christian Dreyer. Skoll, uh-huh. he says. Um, following the Colts' model, they used heavy draft stock on offensive line last year, and look how much that team improved. I could see us drafting an offensive lineman in the first and third
1: round. Second round could be a defensive lineman. What are your thoughts on my plan? Sounds like it, it is a good plan, but it's not the only plan that is good. There are other ways to do it as well. When you look at the Colts, they had a first-round pick in Anthony Costanzo, who was already there, and they had a first-round pick in center Ryan Kelly, who was already there. Then last year, they added to those two first-rounders with a first-round left guard, Quentin Nelson. What
2: a pick he And was. a
1: second-round right tackle. So they did invest heavily in the draft on the offensive line, and it did pay off for them because their offensive line went from one of the worst in the league a few years ago to this year being one of the best. Um, so that is one way to do it. Now... Um, you can also use free agency to address it, and you can um, continue to develop your own players. So I think the Vikings are going to blend those three strategies. But I don't think you can predetermine what you're going to do. I think you have to see what happens in free agency, and then you got to grade all the players, and then you got to be on the clock. And you can't reach when you're on the clock at number 18. I think maybe you can consider you know, a little bit of... Of um, you know, assessing and using need to help determine your picks later on in the draft when you get to some of the backboard guys. Yep. But when you're at 18, man, you cannot take the 28th best player at number 18. Absolutely. You got to take the highest rated player at number 18, even if it's not an offensive lineman.
2: Number two from Brandon Locke from Fargo. What are the odds of the Vikings drafting Easton Stick? He could be a great late-rounder with an opportunity to develop under Cousins.
1: All right, so this is a, a provincial question I'm getting quite a bit. North Dakota State quarterback, Easton Stick. A lot of fans are wondering what we think about him. I don't know what the Vikings think about him. I understand why people are interested in him, though, and, uh, and we'll see what happens. I, I think quarterback is a possibility for the Vikings in this draft. I don't know when it would be or who. But I think it's a possibility with Trevor Simeon set to be a free agent yep. and with Kyle sloter on the roster, you know, I think you've got a guy in Trevor you can bring back who can be a quality backup and you got a guy in Kyle who's got the potential to be a backup, but you don't have a sure thing backup right now behind Kirk Cousins. So I think when you're preparing for the draft, you're looking at quarterbacks, and yeah. you're you're going to rank them, and uh, you're going to have opinions on all of them. And, and I don't know what the Vikings think about East and Stick, but it would be a, certainly a cool story given the provincial uh, angle of that one.
2: Yeah, I think we took one of the articles from the Combine and we kind of just... Put it towards Easton Stick, and the article like blew up when we posted it on social media because we went with yeah. that kind of angle. Yeah, people really are interested in this mm-hmm. guy, which is crazy.
1: And, and and I don't I don't write it off as just he's not good. It's a cute story, but he's not good. Maybe he is good. I I think he's yep. he's a guy you know teams are gonna look at.
2: Yeah, I saw Easton, and I got I got confused. I was gonna like I was I was thinking Nick
1: Easton. Well, I, I know it's uh, you got Easton Stick and Nick Easton, right? And your Easton aluminum baseball bats. Yeah,
2: oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. You're talking to a baseball guy, right? I here. know I am. All right, number three from Mark Leindecker in Myrtle Beach. I'd like to be in Myrtle Beach right now.
1: Well, first of all, Mark sent me an, e- uh, an- another email this week. Driving around Myrtle Beach, he sent me a picture of a purple car with Vikings logos on it, somewhere in in North Carolina.
2: Wow, that's crazy. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, no, South Carolina, sorry. Somewhere in South Carolina. Yeah, kind of cool. That's awesome. Anyway, all right, what's his question?
2: I just listened to the new special teams coach announcement and questions. It got me thinking, how many players that make that final cut are a result of a special team's need? I'm sure it is predominantly his call on who our kicker, punter, and long snapper will be, but after that, does he basically have to coach up what is given to him off the roster to use for each situation, or does he help determine the bottom end of the roster players, or who is active each week? Thanks.
1: That's a great question. It is a great question. Um, The special teams coordinator is Marwan Malouf. He's the new Viking special teams coordinator, the assistant special teams coach, remains Ryan Ficken he he He's remains on forever. staff yes he, he remains on staff Mike Prefer is now with the Browns the Vikings new special teams coordinator is Marwan Malouf who's got extensive experience in the NFL most recently with the Miami Dolphins who have had one of the better special teams groups over the last several years um so Malouf they block a
2: lot of kicks
1: yeah they they did they did that that's very true and uh, I don't think I think it's been a while since we've done that yeah <laughs> um so um Okay, so a lot of, a lot of uh, tentacles to this question. The special teams coordinator is involved in roster decisions. You Absolutely. Know, he's got opinions on this guy would be a great gunner for me. This guy would be a great personal protector for me. I could use this guy um, as a returner. Yep. So he's got opinions on all that. And his opinion is not the be-all end-all, but it's, it's something that Zim and Rick will factor into their ultimate decision on who they're keeping and who they're cutting. Um, I think when you're talking exclusive special teamers, there really are not very many. Yeah, long snapper, punter, and kicker, and that could really be it. Yep. Um, maybe if you've got a really special guy as a returner, he could be an exclusive guy, but normally he's going to be a backup corner or a fourth receiver or something like that. Um, you know, J. J- Ron Kirst, th- this week's on the line guest is a core special teams player. Like, he, he could make a big team time. just based on his special teams. Now, he's also the big nickel and a third safety. Yep. Um, so he, he can do a lot of things to help the team. But he's a guy who could make a team just because of his ability on special teams. I think Marcus Sherrills is a guy who's made a career out of being just a special teamer, a returner and a gunner. So, um, so you're going to have a handful of guys at most, uh, a minimum of three, uh, maybe five or five guys at most who are just their special teams only guys. Other than that, you're getting guys on special teams are going to be starters, starters sometimes, yep. Yep. but but backup, backup linebackers, backup defensive ends, um, your fourth receiver, your third tight end. Those are the guys who are going to be playing on multiple faces of special teams most likely. Yep. And yes, when it comes to the game day roster where you have to take your 53-man roster and pare it down to a 46-man roster, yes, your special teams coordinator has some say over, over who's going to be on, on that roster. Again, it's Mike Zimmer's ultimate decision, but Marwan Maloof is going to have some influence over that.
2: And this is a really good timely question because the Vikings kicker from last season, Dan Bailey, is a free agent. Right. So um, when Rick Spielman spoke at the Combine, he said that, that he calls a moof. I guess that's mm-hmm. that's what we're calling him these yeah, days. Yeah, I can go with that. And moof will be involved in that decision. That he's looked at kickers in the draft. He's looked at all the free agents, and he will be involved with helping the Vikings find that kicker for next season.
1: And that reminds me, we did interview all the new members of the coaching staff, and those interviews are now all posted on Vikings.com. So uh, this Wobcast is almost over. When it is over, if you're on the app or you're on the website, make sure you click around and find some of those assistant coach interviews. The only one we did not get was Rick Dennison, so we'll have to chase him down at some point and uh, and get his thoughts, especially because you know what the special connection is that you and I have with Rick Dennison. What is that? He's got twins.
2: He has tw- – oh, my gosh. You're a
1: twin, and I have twins. There's, there's a lot of twins connections right. Rick here. Rick Dennison has twins. So we That's should talk right. to him about that. I like it. All righty. This edition of the Wobcast is over. There is a lot on the horizon for the Minnesota Vikings and the National Football League, so we encourage you to stay tuned to the Vikings Entertainment Network, whether you do that via the website, via the Vikings app and or via our social media channels. Make sure you stay tuned because lots more information is coming about your favorite football team. Our thanks again to Ben Lieber for joining us on this week's episode of the Wobcast. We encourage you to continue submitting questions via social media to the Vikings at Vikings or to my email address. And we encourage you to listen next week because we'll be back with another edition of the Wobcast. On behalf of co-host and producer Chris Corso, this is Wobby signing off for now. Skull Vikings.
3: Oh, yeah, I'll with